We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Good morning. It's good to be together, uh, even if we're not exactly in the same place, um, united in Christ. So we're going to continue this week um, that theme of uh, coming out of lockdown, life beyond lockdown. Uh, let me do a little uh, recap for you uh, so that you um, can kind of tune in to where we were last week. We're on a journey and uh, we talked about uh, Terah, the, favor, uh, the father of Abraham. A bit of a sad story, very rich man, uh, but he actually ended up dying where he settled because they set out to go to Canaan and they stopped at Haran and just he just stayed there and died there. I think it's a horrendous thing to, to settle short of the purpose of God. So how do we make sure? Remember everything uh, in the scripture is given for our present current instruction, direction, encouragement. It's not just stories in a book. It's God speaking to us, it's God's word. How do we make sure that we don't settle for less? Well, we need to make sure that we're ready to journey. So we need to consider. We're on a journey, we're, we're, we're not arrived. We need to think about what do we, what do we expect next? Uh, that's where the importance of, of vision comes in. Very, very important. Uh, what developments? Are you looking for? What desires have you got? I think this is the way that we begin to access and seek to catch the mind of God. You know, anything that's living grows. If there's life, there's growth. We talked about in the context of a journey, what should we carry with us? We talked particularly last week about uh, what holds us back. We took some time to look at that. That's a very key thing because uh, there was a clear uh, prophetic sense that there was something that God was saying and doing. Spoke about the bars of iron, the, the, the mind, those, those, those deeper things, those things that get lodged. And, and the fact that that's the only way we get sorted on that is, is needing God's release and his promise to release us. And that's not too late. Uh, if, if you've been meditating or thinking or that thought has come to you during the week, we know that this is a time that God is doing something amongst us. And it's great to hear the stories uh, of different ones recognising and seeing and finding God's release and we'll continue with that even as we come to First Tuesday Prayer as well as the opportunity after the meeting. God is the one who releases, releases us and we give thanks to God for his unfailing love. And let's come back to that. This is, not, this is not a kind of cold journey or a set of facts. This is somebody who loves us. We give thanks to him for his unfailing love. And, and Psalm 107, which we looked at last week, his unfailing love 
that causes him to break down the gates of bronze and, and break the bars of iron. Well, we don't want to settle short of the journey. Children of Israel, remember, had been walking around the wilderness for 40 years. <laughs> Imagine how they felt when the time came to cross into the promised land, to cross the Jordan. I'm sure they must have felt like collapsing across the finishing line. Ha! <laughs> we, we've, we've arrived. But we all know from the story, it wasn't quite like that. It was the beginning of the next stage of the fulfilment of God's promise. I guess they must have been, uh, maybe not exactly the same, but we could identify right now. It must be similar to how the country feels um, with the roadmap to recovery uh, and, and longing for the, for the next stage. But there is a next stage. And they weren't to settle and die, and we can't settle where we are. Actually, for them and for us, there's a need to get on to the starting block for the next stage of the race, of the journey. I want us to just have a look, because this is not about trying harder. This is about accessing God and his goodness. What, what kept them going? Moses, way back, said, Lord, unless your presence goes with us, don't carry us forward. Well, God allowed them to carry his presence. It was him that kept them going. And that's just as true for us today. I want us to understand, brothers and sisters, this is not about trying harder. This is not about trying to mark ourselves out of ten. This is not about uh, pulling up our bootstraps and getting on with it, chaps. This is about accessing God and his life, and that motivation which he puts in us as we engage with him. You know, he doesn't just give us a direction, he comes with us. We remember in a story that Avril told, I think it was true, but she was somewhere in the car and, and she wasn't sure where to go. And uh, so she saw a policeman and uh, she stopped and, and asked the policeman directions. Instead of giving her directions, he said, I'll jump in the car and take you and show you there. It reminds us of just what God is like. He comes with us to take us. Matthew 28 says, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. This is about his presence being with us and taking us forward. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Let me say that again, brother, sister. This is what God says. From the moment we turn to him, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't depend on your feelings. It doesn't depend on your effort. It depends on my word, which will not and cannot be broken. For I am with you. So how do we journey with his presence? Well, let's turn to that, um, that chapter, Joshua chapter 3. And I won't take a lot of time uh, to read it, but I want to just go through a few of the key points. So they were ready, um, camped by the banks 
of the River Jordan. Then it says this, um, this is Joshua 3 verse 2, after three days the officers went through the camp, giving people, giving the orders to the people. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are the Levites carrying it, that's the point when you're going to move. You are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance between you and the ark. Important that you keep Everybody keeps a view. Then he says this, the final thing of preparation, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Could we take that? Is God implanting that in our hearts? Tomorrow you will do amazing things. There's a sense of looking up and seeing beyond and seeking to access that very key thing tomorrow causes us to inquire, Lord, what is it? So let's just take that, take those steps. Follow the ark. Keep, the ark of course was the presence of God. Keep in view, keep in the place of accessing the presence of God. We do that by, Lord, what do you say? What are you doing? Lord, what are you directing? We keep in that way by Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule or umpire in your heart. I remember when uh, the core leadership team were considering about taking this move in terms of uh, property. We'd managed without for many years and recognised with the limitations of what we had and hearing what God was saying that we were looking. Uh, we looked at various things. But there came a point when this opportunity that we have pursued came up where as a, as a group of people, the peace of God came upon the decision. There's something about a settling, there's something about catching God's mind that comes, is almost indescribable, just a settling in peace. Let the peace of God rule in our hearts. If we're debating something, if we're concerned about something, the key thing is let the peace of God ruling their hearts. Where is he moving? Let's make sure we follow. Not moving off too soon. This is what they had to do. When you see the presence, that's the point to move. Not too soon, not too late. I always remember uh, Arthur Wallace, one of the founders of uh, this present move of restoration, uh, saying once to a, a number of leaders, he said, brothers, we, we need to have God's mind and his moment. That's a truth that has always rung through, to know God's moment and his mind. So 
He reminds them, you need to follow, you need to follow the presence because we haven't gone this way before. We're stepping into, I think, a changed world, a new time, a new time of opportunity. Life after lockdown, I think, is going to be different in a number of ways and we're already hearing detail of that. They had to listen to the word of the Lord. It was not a map, not a, not a guide like that. It was, it was the presence of God. They had to consecrate themselves. What does that mean to us? Giving ourselves to him over and over again. Lord, not my will but yours. Lord, what do you want? It's so easy to get caught up into what do we want. But this is saying, Lord, what do you want? That's consecrating ourselves. And then God will do amazing things. That seems to me, make sure we allow for raised expectations of coming days. How do we do that? What we ask, Lord, what have you, what, what, what's on your agenda? We let him drop things into our heart, maybe a dream. What is God saying for you or for us coming out of lockdown, both in terms of coming out of the pandemic and out of the restrictions? What does it mean beyond the very things that we hear about? How is he freeing us personally at this time? You see, there's always the lockdown which we've been familiar with living in the nation. But there's a lockdown that can be restrictions upon ourselves. And it's in the plan of God that there be no lockdown, that there be no restriction, that nothing stops us fulfilling our purpose in him and his purpose in us. And that's why he's saying to us at this time, freeing us from restrictions. It also means bringing every thought into captivity dealing with what we call the, the counter-thought. Well, it hasn't worked before. You know, the, the enemy always wants us to focus on what we've not got. And yet God wants us to focus on what we have got. I, I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again. Sometimes when I'm travelling, I say to people, when you go home um, and you talk about uh, the preacher or the minister, whatever you call it. How are you going to describe? Well, he's uh, a white guy. He's got a strange accent, comes from England. And he's bald. But you see, that's because there's a tendency to focus on what we haven't got. I mean, it's just not, look what I have got. You know? But you don't describe that. You describe what we haven't got. And, and, you know, it's so easy. The enemy wants to get us to focus on what we haven't got rather than what we have got. Dream about what he's saying, dealing with the counterthought and grabbing hold of the promise, the promise of God. Praying it into reality. What do I need to do to step into it? Well, it's a start, you know, is to confess his promise, to actually say it. You know, I believe God has said this. Believing with our heart and confessing with our mouth has a powerful impact, not least of which upon us. Then, of course, 
there was another stage. They had to follow the priests carrying the ark. And the priests were told, and remember the ark represents the presence of God. The priests were told to go and stand in the water, stand in the river. Now that's, that's an interesting situation. That's risk, because at that stage, the waters hadn't, hadn't parted. They had to stand in the river, the river that was in flood. I wonder what people felt. Ooh, I wonder if this water's gonna stop. I wonder how we're gonna get across. This is Joshua, you know. He's not Moses. I mean, you know, Moses, he took us across on dry land. Uh, I'm not feeling any strong wind blowing here. I wonder if this guy is up to the, up to the task. I don't know what they thought. Uh, I know some of you think I'm old, but I'm not that old. I wasn't around then. The fact of the matter is, we don't really know, but we do know what human nature is like and how it is possible to kind of have queries. There's a risk. There's a stepping out. And we know that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Has God told us? There's no need for any more justification than that, that God has told us. That's the only justification we need, but we have the word of the Lord. Now let's think about coming out of this pandemic. So the world around us is planning holidays and so are we. Parties or spending. But brothers and sisters, we can't settle for that. That's great. We can be partakers of that, but we have something far much greater than that. We haven't reached our destination. We are carrying his presence. So we choose to lift up our eyes. Yeah, it'd be nice to go out for dinner, and, but let's lift it up to the Lord. What have you got for us in this next season, this next stage? And start listening. Listening for the sound of it's time to move. Let's be real, let's be honest. Let's confess our need. The thought of not just coming out of lockdown, but just getting everything going again. Many people are feeling really tired and, and worn down by this season. The very thought of the next stage can make us kind of groan. I feel like I'm about to collapse and you're talking about starting again. Give us a chance. I don't have it in me. It's a fantastic thing to confess need. He knows what we're capable of. And this is the good news. It's God who works in us to create the desire and to give ability 
to do his will. It's God at work. It's God that stirs this up. It's God that's saying there's something beyond where we are. Can a man add one statue, one cubit to his statue by taking thought? This is not about pulling up bootstraps. This is not struggle power. All that he's saying is, Lord, help me. I don't want to settle here. I believe, Lord, that there is a particular season. I believe, Lord, that this is a time of opportunity. Not just about what's happening in the world around, but for us as we move into this next stage. He gives us strength in our time of need. He is our resource. All he's asking is that we be a people that say, Lord, I'm ready, help me. You know, he knows what we actually need before we even ask. So you're on pretty safe ground to ask. But it is necessary to ask. So often I notice that people miss a biblical kingdom principle. That is the principle of confession of need. Ask and it shall be given to you. Knock and it shall be opened. Very, very key principle in the scripture. He knows and we can ask, but we have to ask. And then he, it's in his heart to take us forward in his purpose. Jamie and I were considering some of these things in preparing and uh, Dawn came in and uh, she said, right, I've got the word of the Lord for you. It was unusual. I mean, I I don't want to in any way be derogatory, but if she'd have come in and said there's a bargain at Primark or something like that, so we kind of took notice uh, the word of the Lord and she did have Jamie and I looked at one and she said yes this is the word of the Lord it's Romans chapter 4 talking about how God made Abraham the father of many nations it goes on to say this who gives this is the God who gives life to the dead and speaks of non-existent things as if they had already existed. Basically, things that he'd foretold and promised. Let's just take stock a moment. He causes things that not to come into being. This is the God that equips you and me with things that we never thought we had or could be possible. He gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things Things that he has spoken of, foretold and promised, as if they already existed. That is the nature of God. That's the nature of God declaring into being. So we have the opportunity to work in partnership with him. God, what do you want? What do you want? We love him because he first loved us. See, this is where it comes back down to. And this is where we're going to finish up.
His love compels me. How many times do you read Jesus first being moved with compassion? See, this is not about tasks. This is about expressions of love. This is about God stirring our hearts. His love compels me. It's not just see his heart and feel duty bound to do something about it, but to feel it. It carries me like a, like a current to where I couldn't get to if I tried. See, instead of collapsing on the, on the finishing line, or when it's not the finishing line, how about being poised, you know, in the, in the starting blocks, waiting for the, the starting gun, waiting for that sound, waiting, waiting for what God has got. Carrying me like a current where I couldn't get to even if I tried. That's what God is offering and saying at these days. So we're going into this next stage. Yeah, we've got things planned and lined up. We've got different events for the youth, for the children, uh, evangelism things, hub things, supercharged relationships. Let's just think about that one for a moment because God spoke to us very clearly about that. Ideas of fresh expressions of love for each other. What about what stepping into the river looks like? What about evangelistic opportunities? So here's my question, and this is where I want your help. What are the ideas God is giving to you? What's God putting in your heart for this next stretch of the journey? This is what I want to do. We have amongst us a group that we've asked to be encouragers in building these supercharged relationships, expressing them. In two weeks' time, I think it's the 16th of May, I'm going to meet with them. And I want them to come having heard from you guys, having sought God themselves, I want them to come charged with thoughts and ideas about what God is saying as we move into this next stage. Yeah, I know we got the vision for the building, but we've also got vision for evangelism. We want to see things happening in the different sections, the different things that God's already given us. This is a time to begin to, to, to wait on him to see a build-up of expectation and enthusiasm. So will you do that? But don't do it out of a, a kind of just a task. This is a privilege. This is a privilege of pursuing and following and engaging in the presence of God into the next stage of the journey. Why would we do that? There's only one good reason. It's the same reason that Jesus had. The love of God compelling him, first being constrained, first being refreshed in compassion. 
I want us to conclude. James is going to come and a song that we've sometimes used in the past. This is what I want us to do. Jesus, your love has melted my heart. If that's not true just now, then you can declare that aspirationally. That's what I want. Because brothers and sisters, unless our movement forward is out of a sense of God at work in our hearts, compelling us, refreshing us, anointing us. It's wood, hay and stubble. Let the overflow. So as we take this song together, Jesus, your love has melted my heart. If that's not the case right now, make it a prayer. Thank you, James. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.